For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 11, Episode 5. This is Writing Excuses, writing and world building for RPG sessions. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not smart enough to have set this up beforehand. We have three guests with us up here on stage at Gen Con. Uh, We have Michelle Lyons-McFarland, Monica Valentinelli, and Shauna Germain, all of whom are luminaries of various flavors in the RPG industry. And I'm trying to write an RPG. Uh, but let's take, let's take just a moment and have you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, we'll start with Michelle. Hi, I'm Michelle Lyons-McFarland. I've been working in the industry since about 2000. Um, I've worked freelance and in-house at companies like FASA Corp, Wizards of the Coast, um, and I do a lot of work now for Onyx Path and my own game company, Growling Door Games. Monica. Hi, my name is Monica Valentinelli. Um, I write story games and comics. I celebrated my 10th year anniversary this year. Um, most of the work that you would probably know me from is the Firefly role-playing game line. And I am also the developer on the Conan RPG, which is based on the literary works of Robert E. Howard. I'm Shauna Germain. I'm still stuck on the fact that I am a luminary of various flavors, which I really love. <laughs> um, I am the co-owner of Monty Cook Games. We produce Numenera, The Strange, uh, the Cypher System rulebook, and currently I am writing No Thank You Evil, which is an RPG for uh, kids 4 through 12. Cool. Okay. I, I, Sandra and I and Alan Barr, our designer, kick-started the Planet Mercenary role-playing game uh, a few months back uh, successfully, um, but I'm probably 40 to 70 umpty thousand words short of, <laughs> of finished. Um, I'm working in an established universe. Uh, we have a great we have a great rule set. What I'm wondering is, as I'm as I'm writing, as I'm world building, what are the sorts of things that I need to be aiming at as I write? Because I'm not there aren't story points I can touch. I mean there are, but it's not like writing a novel. It's not like writing a story. It's something different. What? Help me, please. <laughs> Can't you just go to the creator of the existing universe that you're writing in and <laughs> ask him for help? <laughs> for those of you not benefiting from the video, <laughs> Howard has just made an impolite gesture at Dan. <laughs> I know I'm not going to say much on this episode, so I wanted to get that in early. Good. Take it away. <laughs> Monica, hit me. (sighs) Okay, so in a role-playing game, there are two questions that often I ask people when they tell me they're designing a world and they want to do this game. And the first thing is, what does a player do in your game? Okay, 
what do they do when they sit around the table? What do you envision them doing? And the second thing I ask them is, do you know what three to six players would do sitting at the table, adventuring and telling stories in your world set with dice? If you cannot answer me those two questions, then you haven't finished designing the game. <laughs> <laughs> and and what's, what's cool is that I already have I already have answers for those questions. Awesome. That is the thing. That is the thing that we got on top of first. Uh, we ran a play test last night and and had a great time. And actually, the players behaved exactly like I wanted them to behave and validated a lot of our design decisions, which uh, I slept better last night than I had in months. <laughs> um, but those, I love those questions. I, I love those questions. Uh, Shauna, do you want to take it to the next level for us? Yeah, I think um, for me. A lot of the question that I ask is, you know, characters will do what you reward them for. And so my question is always, what do you want the characters to do? Do you want them to kill things? Do you want them to explore? Do you want them to tell stories? Do you want them to become sort of more developed characters? And so when you have a reward system, whether that's through experience points or, or loot or, you know, sort of growth of the character, think about that goal, uh, sort of general goal, or sometimes goals, and kind of help them get to that by making sure you're rewarding them. I think typically you get, re- you get XP and loot for killing things, and if you want your characters to do something else, then consider what, what your other options are. We've we got to have a reward system for whatever the something else is. Michelle? Um, well, I'm going to take it from a production standpoint. And it's, you absolutely have to know what your characters do, um, and you have to know what you want them to eventually do, and so you know how to reward them. But you also need to know what actually needs in the book to be in the book to play the game. Um, a lot of times when, car- when creators especially uh, create a game based on their vision, they want to dump everything into the book, all the backstory, all the great, rich tapestry of everything I'm, ever. I'm really looking forward to doing that. Are you telling me I, I shouldn't? I'm, I'm telling you there may be supplements involved. Um, so, so wait, basically, wait, wait, wait. I, suppl- is that a thing that I can sell again later? Potentially. Maybe. Right on, right on. Yeah, okay. yeah. You, you have my complete way. attention. You could go that way. Well, basically what you want to do is always think about the book from the point of view of your, your audience, right? Of the eventual consumer who's going to pick it up. It is, it does have story in it. It does have background in it. But it also is effectively a textbook that's about dragons or spaceships or whatever it is. It has to be functional, in the terms of a game for someone to pick it up and learn what they need to learn from that book. So it's not just about, I want to put everything I know about the world in it. It's about organizing it and structuring it in such a way that it's the most useful to your audience. That sounds actually kind of complicated. I, you've, now, you've, now you've concerned me. Um, <laughs> now you've concerned me. How would you, uh, Monica, Shauna, Michelle, you know, dogpile here, how would you go about structuring things Let's assume for a moment that you have uh, 500,000 words worth of pictures and dialogue over the last 15 years in writing the comic uh, (laughs) of material uh, defining, you know, defining the world in many in many ways. Mm -hmm. How do you go about presenting the material to accomplish what Michelle has said? How do you how do you teach the players without lecturing the players? How do you reward the players without railroading the players at the reward? Um, how do you finesse this so that it's a well-written RPG book instead of Howard's brain dump? I mean, your brain dump. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Michelle talked a lot about the great production aspects of an RPG. Um, one of the things that often happens with a game 
um, is figuring out who is going to read this game, okay? In your case, you have fans of your setting that are going to pick up and play this game. I wouldn't be as concerned about your fans because I'm assuming they already love you. So I would be concerned concerned about the people that don't know anything about you that will pick up this game for the first time and be more familiar with other games like Pathfinder or D&D or have never played a role-playing game before and identify what they want to get out of your game and figure out how to structure in a way for them. And there's lots of different ways that you can do that depending upon how you present the material. Um, One of the ways to do that is to do multiple types of character creation. Now, you might ask me, Howard, how does that come back to setting? Well, if you have more than one type of character creation, you can expand your setting by giving the players something to do in your world. So it's not you dumping your brain on them. It's saying, here's the setting and the context of my universe, and here's something the players can do. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay. Um, I actually, Shauna, you're ready to say something, but I want to pause for the book of the week real quick. Uh, Monica, you had, uh, you had something to pitch to us. So um, I have this, I don't know if it's an odd habit, quirky habit, habit neurotic habit, help, help, I'm a writer. Um, <laughs> the, I read writers in sequential order a lot of times, and I'm working on China Mieville, and China Mieval does a fantastic job with the Perdido Street Station. That was the first book in the new Corbizon series. And it's got, I mean, everything to like. Fantastic world building. It has a mad scientist. It has a crazy journalist, a mob boss, um, weird psychedelic drugs, moth creatures. 
and I'm just in love with it. It's amazing. And there's three books in the series now, And there's right? three books in the series, Outstanding. Yeah. Audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. You can start a free trial membership and pick up Perdido Station by China Mieville for free. Um, I, I, I really love the direction you're going with this. Um, I, I want to I give you a little bit of background. One of the character creation modes that we, uh, we have is called Ablative Meat, um, which is uh, when your character takes damage, you can actually spend a, spend a role play point to have one of the grunts, one of, a member of your fire team, take that bullet for you. And when that happens, the game master hands you a card and you write down the grunt's name and you write down three things about them. And then the game master flips a coin. And if the coin comes up correctly, hey, the grunt took the bullet for you and lives and gains some experience so that they might actually be playable and better than your own character later. If the coin comes up the wrong way, they die and the game master tears up the card that you've just written on before your very eyes and you get to role play weeping for this poor grunt who who took the bullet for you. Um, I think when you're describing, when when you're talking about, uh, you know, letting characters, or excuse me, letting players draw on your setting in order to create, I think this accomplishes that because they should be drawing from the setting to to build that character. Are there other things that I should be I should be looking at? I mean, that I'm in love with that mechanic, which is why I just told everybody about it. Um, <laughs> oh, um, you know, I think sort of what Monica was saying to sort of add on to that too is when I think about building a game, I think about it sort of as though I'm building something out of Legos, kind of because I'm a Lego freak, but also because it helps me really visualize what I'm doing. And so when I think about it at first, I think, okay, well, what's the, what's the simplest thing I can build with this thing of Legos that makes sense, right? And so what, is, what are the basic things that people need to know so they don't feel overwhelmed, so they're not completely, flo- you know, sort of blown away and get confused, um, but that's still intriguing. And so I feel like I'm just, okay, so here's this little tiny thing you can build. Okay, well, now the, here's this bigger thing. And so just kind of continuing to add on um, so that they are intrigued and they are learning more and more as they go. Hey, Dan, you play a lot of role-playing games. I do. Um, are there game books that you've picked up that have hooked you in the way that Shauna described? Mostly I'm asking so that I know which books I should go out and buy <laughs> in order to do some homework. Um, oh, man. Now you put me on the spot. I didn't think I'd have to talk this episode. <laughs> You know, one of the one of the series. I am an unabashed, died in the wool Palladium books fanboy from way back in the day. And one of the things that I loved about their system was that uh, you know they they would have a couple of pages saying you know this is what this game's about, blah blah. But then they would say, here's a sample session of it, and it was kind of there to teach you some basic mechanics of like how to roll for initiative and how to talk to the game master and things. But more than that, it was different for every setting. So when it was beyond the supernatural, their horror setting, it was a horror scenario. And when it was, you know, their spy scenario or or their Ninja Turtles books or all these different things. And so it gave you, while explaining mechanics, this just wonderful description of this is what it's like to play this game as opposed to this game. And... I always loved that. That was my favorite part of every book. I, 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 I'm tempted to do that with a podcast, but uh, not <laughs> right now. We're okay. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. Um, we only have a couple. We only have a couple of minutes left. Um, 
Are there are there words of encouragement that you can offer me? Because now I'm terrified. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, what what sorts of things? What sorts of things should I uh, uh, or should our listeners? No, really, it's about you guys. I promise. This isn't just about me. Uh, what sorts of what sorts of things do we reward ourselves with uh, when we're writing? Where where are the fun bits? What should we be aiming for so that this is enjoyable instead of an uh, onerous, soul-crushing task that's 70 umpty thousand words long? Um, I think that for me, it's it's great to put it out there on paper, but what's really great is, on the one hand, it's terrifying that other people are going to play in your universe. That's the point of an RPG. And then that's the amazing thing as well. Other people are going to play in your universe and then their eyes light up and they get excited and then they tell you their stories and they share those stories with other people. And so it continues replicating and reproducing itself and that enthusiasm carries forward. I think a feedback loop is a great reward system. Mm -hmm. Um, You definitely need to have that and that's kind of built into gaming. Um, When I'm writing, I like to do what I call mini-tasking. And in mini-tasking, I break a lot of things up into smaller chunks with my headers. And then after I'm done with a certain section and whatnot, I rarely do both styles of writing at once because the rules writing and the setting writing sometimes are a little bit different because you need to manage things like how am I clearly communicating this information versus is this in the style of the thing that I want to write? which is very sometimes challenging for newer writers as opposed to experienced well, writers. Like, things like uh, using the word damage in multiple ways when it is yep. a game term and when it's a word that's actually kind of common, you have to take care not to confuse people. Um, yeah, we, we stumble on that all the time. Style <laughs> guides help for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so when I'm writing, I do mini tasking, I do mini chunks, and I break it up into smaller things. Um, I like to say that I'm, you know, write on a regular, consistent basis, but really I like to procrastinate. So then I'll obsess about an outline, I'll obsess about something, and then I'll just get it all done, and then I'll just oh, take I that feel big so sigh much of relief. Now. <laughs> Shauna. Uh, chocolate? No. <laughs> you know, I kind of... I'm in! <laughs> for me, actually, fiction is very hard because I'm a horrible plotter, um, whereas... And game design is all character and world-building and sort of rules, and then it's like a choose-your-own-adventure, right? So you, I get to make this baseline and then send it out and watch everybody else do all the plotting. So that's the really fun part for me, is I feel like <laughs> I've done the stuff I'm good at, and now I get to watch you guys do the hard stuff. <laughs> that's, that's my big joy about writing games. I don't know if that helps No, you. no, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Um, thank you so much for, for coming and, uh, and helping me. And you know, here at Gen Con, if I'm able to catch up with you, Tomorrow, when we're not being mic'd, I'll, I'll ask you the really terrifying <laughs> questions that I'm afraid to put on tape. Michelle, can you send our listeners home with a writing prompt? Sure. So think about what a player does in your game or a character, right? And not Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, but the guy who works in the cantina and he's, you know, cleaning up after everybody. Drill down to find one person who's not your heroic character and write that. Outstanding. You are out of excuses. Now go write. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.